I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices on Climate Change, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear impassioned stories from those dedicating their lives to help our planet. If you'd like more people to hear these stories, please share this episode with a friend. In today's episode, you'll hear how an early passion for powerful natural events gave a voice to the people of the future. I felt a very strong connection to the natural world when I was 10. This is Stephen. He's an award-winning journalist and storytelling professor at Arizona State University. When he was a kid, his family moved away from Chicago to the Midwest to a house in the middle of the woods. There, there's lots of tornadoes. And that first year that we were there, there were about 15 or 20 trees that were ripped out of the ground and almost fell on the house. As terrifying as this sounds, Stephen wasn't shaken up. I probably should admit that I'm drawn to storms and lightning and thunder. I would often sit with my mother. We had a large picture window sort of out to the back, and whenever there would be a lightning or thunderstorm, you know, we would always go sit at that window and just watch the kind of intense visions that a lightning and thunderstorm would create. Tornadoes were not unusual in this part of the world. Stephen and his family got into a routine. You go down to the basement. You stay down in the basement because you don't know what's going to happen. They would wait for the violent winds to die down. Sometimes this would take hours. When the tornado was over, it was really coming outside and witnessing just how much devastation there was. That just sort of, for me, was very powerful as a reminder of how powerful nature is, how powerful the weather events can be. But I also didn't, at that time, kind of connect it to much sort of larger systems or particularly the role that humans could play in influencing what we've come to see as increasingly intense and increasing frequency of these kind of extreme weather events. Stephen has crossed paths with a lot of potentially lethal storms, always knowing the safe thing to do to keep out of harm's way. But in Norfolk, Virginia, his fascination got the better of him. I lived right along the Chesapeake Bay and there was a hurricane that happened there and the winds were over 150 miles an hour and this is quite stupid but what I did at that moment was I actually didn't stay in the house but I went out to stand near the water because I just wanted to feel what 130, 140 mile per hour winds feel like. Standing there in awe, Stephen saw a pier that had been ripped from its moors now floating down the overflowing river, untethered. So I've always been, in some ways, almost more excited than scared by it. So it doesn't necessarily translate into fear or worry about the state of the planet, more just the kind of human understanding of of how small we are uh, in the context of this kind of immense world around us. In his 20s, Stephen was moved about a lot. New York and London and later Helsinki and Moscow and Los Angeles. A lifestyle that was a far cry away from his rural and remote upbringing. It was very connected to sort of urban life and I stopped paying attention to the natural world. Throughout Stephen's career as a writer and journalist, he's written extensively on international affairs, politics and economics for publications such as the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. This set him down the path to eventually co-write a non-fiction book in 2011 titled Adrift, Charting Our Course Back to a Great Nation. That book looked at 
in many ways the decline of the United States after World War II. And it looked sort of economically, politically, culturally, you know, democracy and economic inequality and justice issues. But what it didn't do was really focus on climate change. A subject central to modern life. And I made a commitment after that that I really was going to start focusing more and more of my energy on not only learning about the climate crisis, but also understanding as a storyteller how I could begin to you know, share stories and influence others. In 2020, Voices from the Future was born, a project from the Global Futures Lab at Arizona State University, where Stephen is the director of the Narrative Storytelling Initiative. What we did was we gathered stories really with the idea of reaching out to people who had survived extreme weather events really around the world. So we ended up you know, gathering stories from people on five different continents, all of whom had been through something like wildfires or hurricanes or floods or drought that was devastating in some significant way. These stories examine the perspective of the survivors, exploring how they responded to disaster and how these events affected their lives and visions of the future. There are stories of the human condition. There are stories of human resilience, about how somebody you know, confronts something that's epic in its scale and that is world-altering for them. And so for me, it's just meaningful to try to understand their experience. An experience like Ronnie Scott's. He lived sort of down in a valley in West Virginia. There was a torrential rainstorm that came through there uh, that flooded that valley and it became increasingly dangerous for anyone who lived in that area and was in a very you know, limited time frame to get out. And he was able to get out. His wife first got out and then went back because her pet was there. And in the meantime, the waters kept rising and there was an explosion that happened in the house. Ronnie's wife was caught in the explosion and thrown into a nearby tree, dying on impact. And so Ronnie had to, for many years, sort of just carry the horror of um, not only losing his house, but also losing his wife. Dealing with this profound grief, Ronnie decided not to rebuild his home in this area. He decided to start his life all over again, many miles away. Working with so many people like Ronnie on Voices from the Future, the urgency of the state of the world well and truly dawned on Stephen. There is no greater threat to the human species than this, and there is no other issue that in the coming years is going to impact the lives of more people on this planet, really everywhere in the world. I mean, I think there are going to be hundreds of millions of people who are going to be displaced and maybe in the very near number of years that can no longer live in places that they lived before. That's going to cause massive disruption on the planet. But of course, Ronnie's story isn't the only one of its kind. Greg, an architect living in Los Angeles, lost his family home in the recent wildfires there. A wildfire came quite suddenly and he and his family only had, you know, really a, a matter of hours to get out of there before their home was in danger and their lives were in danger. And Greg, you know, grabbed the things that he could, put things in, in black plastic bags and got in the car and left. And it was only several days later that they actually saw a television report when they saw that, that their house was one of the houses in that community that had burned down. Greg and his family were left homeless. Their entire lives changed forever. But there was one positive that came out of this tragedy. 
it led him to experience for the first time this connection with the surrounding community of people who cared about what happened and came together, strangers who reached out to him looking to help, and he didn't expect it. And that's that's a beautiful thing. And you know, what I hope is that as dire and as destructive as climate change can be seen as, I think there's actually also an opportunity that as our planet changes as parts of the world that are now habitable become uninhabitable. You know, we're going to have to be thinking differently about how we live with each other and how we collaborate with each other, how we help each other. And so I actually, even in the drama of a changing world, I'm hopeful because I actually believe there's a possibility that we can actually begin to live with each other differently and ultimately better. What happens in another part of the world really does impact you. And, you know, and maybe it's because now your sky is orange in New York because of a wildfire that happened in South America or happened on the west coast of the United States or maybe even Australia. Maybe that's the thing that connects you. But making those connections, I think, are critical to understanding that we are living on an earth that is a set of systems that are globally and meaningfully interconnected. And uh, we have to be mindful of those. And so the storytelling work that I do is very much about trying to ultimately increase empathy, to encourage people to begin to feel that what is happening around us, how we listen to our own environment, how we pay attention to the stories of other people is really at the heart of our ability to create a healthy and habitable future. Stephen's fascination with the planet comes from a unique place. Rather than worrying about how humans are changing the planet, he appears to be keenly aware of the fact that it is the planet that is changing how humans live. Climate change, first and foremost, is a potential disaster for the species which will have to struggle to adapt to it. The human tragedies and tribulations that Stephen describes are just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. But it's heartening that Stephen feels optimistic about the future. The fact is that we will be forced to try to make life work in ever-decreasing areas as extreme weather events continue to reduce the places where humans can safely exist. Hopefully, Stephen is right in believing that our shared struggles will lead to greater empathy and a greater awareness of the power and significance of nature. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week.